Okay, with Destin Garrick, uh, Seductive Devotion is the short film played at the Romance and Relationships Film Festival. It's an experimental film by nature. There's a lot of kind of interesting kind of elements. People are going to get a hundred different opinions. hundred different people are going to get their interpretation of the film. I'm going to start you off right there. We send you the the audience feedback. Uh, you seemed in interested in what they had to say. What was your reaction to what they had to say about this very uh, interesting and highly experimental film? Well, to be honest, you know, we're, we're doing well in the whole uh, festival circuit and uh yet despite all of that and different awards and blah 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 like that video was the most emotionally impactful uh for mo both myself and my wife who's also featured in, in the film so first i watched it by myself and immediately like you know <laughs> called in my wife and we watched it together again and you know just it um there was just a sense that all the hard work that we put into it was received and seen the by and large the way that we'd really hoped to and you know what more can i ask for so let's give people uh context so what would you describe how would you describe this film uh like th thematically what are you trying to say with this film uh well on one level it's a grand love letter to my wife uh, <laughs> um, but the, what am I trying to say with the film? Um, I feel like people, too many people have forgotten how to love and like what love really means. We're living in a time of such deep divisions between the genders and such mistrust, blame, shaming, pointing fingers, wanting and expecting the other, the other to, to change. And, you know, what I've learned through relationship and through love, which has kind of been a cornerstone of my life, is that, one, that's not how, that's not how we're going to get where we want to go collectively. That the change, first and foremost, always comes from within ourselves. And how can we look to the other and find the source of inspiration rather than what's wrong? Um, how can we use that to become more of who we're capable of being, as well as draw out and inspire more of what we'd like to see in the other? So that's sort of your because you're um, you can go to your website. We'll have a link on the on the podcast. But you're uh, a, I, I was going to say a motivational speaker, but you are sure. a speaker, you're a coach. <laughs> I guess you coach people. You're a novelist. But that's what you just described. That's sort of your your overriding kind of agenda that you're thematic what you're trying to speak to people i guess right yeah the the, the work that i do in, in the world overall and and this film to me is just another extension let me you use cinema and um you know the art of video to just kind of create a, a transmission around stuff that that's at the parts of my work are all about which is that um most of it's been focused around men and helping men really grow and evolve through these very changing times, times in which, uh, you know, over the past couple of generations, women have been changing in remarkable ways, growing in their power, claiming of their voices, owning their sexuality and desires in new ways, as well as drawing very clear lines in the sand of what they will no longer tolerate. And 
by and large, a lot of men have, have been very confused as to what to do with that, what to do with these changes. And, you know, uh, the old models, the maps that we were given just clearly no longer work. And so the work that I've done, particularly with the Evolved Masculine, has been about helping men formulate um, uh, inspiring new models that we can aspire towards and also how to understand women and this etheric thing called the feminine uh, in new ways to not be intimidated by but rather be inspired by her rise so allowed to draw something new and better out of us so uh in the general sense uh what you're describing is that it's about men's fear and insecurities about the shift in, in change. Like, well, I can go back to the, I wasn't around then, but into the seven, in the seventies when feminism exi existed. And I heard people say, women say in general that only feminism can only work or this progression of female is when when men meet them halfway. Right. So if like, if men still have the, like in a general sense, have power and control of the universe and mankind in general, and women can't go anywhere, but men have to kind of like embrace the woman's shift and change, I guess, right? Yeah, I mean, personally, I think it's fantastic. I think it's messy. It's definitely messy, but, 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 uh, you know, clearly, I mean, most people when they look around recognize that, that we are experiencing several crises in this world simultaneously, um, during this time. And it's going to take all of us, men and women together, uh, to, so to solve this and to find new ways forward. And maybe, just maybe, perhaps, if much of what we have and know in this world was created through male dominance, then the solution can be found through a greater sense of, of harmony and an uplifting of the unique, the unique things that women have to bring forward. So yes, I very much embrace that, but I also believe that it doesn't need to be done in a way that's quote unquote at the expense of men, which I think is a, a lot of the, the, the fear that ends up coming up in one form or way of a way, a fear of disempowerment. So one of the things I wanted to do with the film was show like, look, this is what it can look like to be in such like awe, reverence and honor and upliftment of a woman in a way, as a man, in a way that's not just supplication, not about the disempowerment of, of him, but really that's clearly powerful in its own right. Yeah, hundred percent. But it, it's so it's so interesting that you're describing that because it's it seems to be that's I I kind of I'm, I'm Canadian so I see the the and it's not like that it's not like this in Canada as well but the American pol political system is all about the white male kind of like having still having control in in the power structure like that's like that's basically what I thought 2016 was all about it was like the white man's losing control we want our we still want our power. And we're going to do whatever it takes to to keep our power. And it's all about that, you know, that that male ego, that male kind of I don't know if it's through our gen genetics or I don't know what it is. But basically, there's that I, I find that what you're what you're describing is amazing. But I think that it's 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 contrary to a lot of man's instinct, if I'm being fair or playing the devil's advocate a little bit, I guess. Right. I don't agree. Yeah, with that, I, I but mean, someone will say that. Right. Sure. Sure. To me, it's just it, it's it's clinging to it's clinging to the past. Yeah. It's it's resisting change. The life, the universe, what have you, is in a constant state of change. And one thing I've learned through my spiritual path and journey as well is that the pain 
it, and suffering comes from clinging to what was. But when we're able to release that and turn towards what's wanting to happen, beautiful things come. You know, we had opened up into things that we couldn't have imagined when we were looking towards the past and clinging to what was. Easier said than done, though, I guess, right? Sure. Yeah. I mean, we've all experienced that in our personal lives. But also, if we look at our personal lives, I think we can all find examples of how there's truth to that. You know, I'll, I'll use the example of becoming a parent, for example, like becoming shifting from being a single man to being a husband and father is a massive change and transformation and yeah that change was not easy for me i lived a very wild life as a single man and and the 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 ways in which i was trying to like cling to and hold on to an old sense of identity and a whole old way of being in life the harder it was for me but as i was able to like turn towards okay like this is what's here now this is what's happening this is what's wanting to happen Holy crap, like the, what opened up for me, the beauty and power that came through with by, by embracing this, this change in my life. And so again, I think we can all have examples of this in our lives. And what's happening, what happens to us on an individual level, I think is what can very much happen on a collective level. Uh, I agree. I couldn't agree with you more. And uh, we're both uh, men. I have a fair, hopefully I'm fair to say this. We're both men in our forties who had yes. young children, had children young, older than, than most, I guess. Right. Yes. We both have young children. So what you're describing, I totally, totally 100% relate to. It's kind of amazing in a sense that I get it. And it's like, it's, it's like, it's the past, right? Like it's sort of like our crutch in a sense where it's something that we're, it's comfortable, but it's something that, I'm, I, this is my idealism of my spiritual element of the world. I believe that the world rewards me when I fight my fears. And I think that's what mm. we're talking about, right? So it's like, sure. it's like when we fight our fears and we embrace the change, we embrace all those things kind of life. You're right. Life does reward us. I think you're kind of par- I'm paraphrasing what you're saying, but yep. you got it. You got it. And, and I agree with that statement entirely, you know, confronting our fears. Oh, like I tend to actually have sort of like a compulsion. Uh, a compulsivity to run towards my fears yeah. at this point because <laughs> I think I've just had that reflected back to me so many times that it, you know we can spend our whole lives running from the things that that most you know that we're most afraid of and many people many people do but as long as we do that we're being controlled by those fears and we're living a smaller life than what we're capable of and you know so I, i've definitely found through repetition that no 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 turn it but i i like I, I need to do the thing that i'm most afraid of so that it can lose its hold on me yeah 100 percent Okay, so let's talk about the making of your film. Speaking of fears, uh, this yeah. is your first film, correct? It is. It is, yeah. So what motivated you to kind of like take the plunge and and make your first film? It was years in the making. I <laughs> Oh, yeah, I'd say it, it took 15 years <laughs> to make that first 7-minute film. Uh, yeah, I had I had the idea around it. Um, actually, probably more than fifteen years ago now, and uh, primarily in that I was experiencing things in my uh, romantic and sexual life around love, around connection, around sexuality that I felt like I didn't have context for. 
I it felt like the, the stories that I've been fed and the images I've been shown, like just didn't feel like they really connected to what I was experiencing. Um, uh, which I'll describe as this whole like mind, body, spirit opening that just like blew me open in, in so many ways, transformed my very sense of identity and how I saw and experienced the world. And I'm like, where, where, why did I not know about this? <laughs> and, and I'm like, well, so I, I wanted, I wanted then to find a way to bring this out and I, I tried little things here and there, and I was very fortunate that uh, an avant-garde um, uh, feminist artist, Penny Slinger, um, uh, cast me and, and that same uh, ex-partner of mine in a, a short trailer that she was ma making to... Uh, to try to get a larger film made. I don't think it was ever ended up being made. It was kind of in the similar type of a um, genre. And it was such a powerful experience for me, especially working with somebody who was such a visionary, but I had no control. When the, when the, the larger project didn't come to fruition, I had no access to the footage. This is the most amazing thing, creative thing I'd ever been a part of before and no one will ever see it. And it really had a deep effect on me. And I'm like, from now on, like I'm retaining control. <laughs> and, and that's when I got really inspired to kind of move into the producing directing side. But I, I, I tried uh, uh, maybe a couple of years later to make something and uh, I started with somebody and the whole thing ended up falling apart in a very painful way. Um, and so painful, in fact, that I just shelved the whole thing. Like, I was like, you know what? I can't do this. I And I brought all my attention into my, my coaching work. And that took off. Like, took off. Whoa. <laughs> and so it was easy for me to kind of put it to the side while I continue to, to grow and expand and build quite a reputation in the, this work with other people. But it just kept sitting in the background like, you know, you're going to have to return to this. You know, you're going to have to return to this. And for years. I ignored it and then the this you know the call just got too loud and and it was time. So you're so basically uh, what I heard is that you'll never be an actor for hire. You'll never I, <laughs> <laughs> uh you know I I'm currently uh the primary subject in a documentary that's coming out in about a year um focused around male sexuality and um that was well, one, awesome, very honored, you know, all those things. But it was hard for like when the offer came my way, I really sat with it because I think it brought up a lot of fears. You know, I'm an entrepreneur now as well. Like I'm kind of used to being in control, yeah. <laughs> especially of my message, my work. And here is like, I have no control here. Yeah, they're going to like, I can control how I show up while they're filming, but I have no idea what they're going to do with it. I have no idea what the end product is going to be. It's extremely uncomfortable for me. So, uh, but I let go, you know, I'm, I'm doing it and let's hope that it goes incredibly well. And then maybe, maybe I, maybe I could be an actor for hire. It just has to be both the right concept as well as, you know, the right director. Well, generally, there's a, there's a courtesy when you're doing documentaries that the, the subjects or the main subject gets to watch the film before they they show it to the world, right? So then in case you have any notes or 
Okay, because they they want you to be to embrace the documentary, right? So yeah, yeah, and and it's it's clearly a friendly documentary. You know, I I have uh, no concerns about them making me look bad, but <laughs> but still, like I said, still difficult from the 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 loss of control and just needing yeah. the trust in in this uh, producer and director's vision. It, well, it, it, that that said, you can't do everything, right? So uh, exactly, and that's the thing about this short is that I did a I did a lot, you know. Well, you're, <laughs> wrote, you're in you're in every scene, right? Wrote, and, produced, directed, and in and, and let me tell you, I don't recommend it. No, <laughs> I was going to ask you about that because it's a, it's wearing a lot of hats. Right? So. <laughs> it's really difficult. <laughs> it's really difficult play, playing all those roles, and um, you know, it, thankfully, I had an incredible team to work with. It's the two DPs that I, I worked with um, in uh, Thailand and in California were both phenomenal, phenomenal. I mean, the cinematography is like yeah. pretty mind blowing. Um, and the uh, Thor, who was my California-based DP, he uh, also did my editing, and we sat side by side through it all. But like, I couldn't do those things. I couldn't do those His name things. is Thor. His birth name is Thor, and he has embraced it. You gotta see pictures of him because he looks—he looks like a Thor. Yeah. <laughs> you guess you'd have to be right. <laughs> it's sort yeah. of like it's one of those names where you just have to be. You have to. If your name's Hulk. You have, to, you have to work out. It just, it just, it's part of it, right? <laughs> yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Okay, okay. So you brought it up. The, so was it always intended to be shot in two different countries? No, not at all. I, I created this film in a very unusual way. I, I think of it very much from a uh, created through a feminine perspective. In that, you know, most films generally there's like a, a clear vision that's a mapped out, story scripted, storyboarded, or at least the other way around. And and then you know you create your shot list and you get it all. No, 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 no. not here at all. I, it was more of, I'm just following this creative urge and impulse. And I have no idea what it is that I'm creating until I was almost done. Uh, uh, well, that, I was going to bring that. I was going to wonder that, but don't, as it, as a, like a speaker and as a, someone who writes, uh, writes a book, don't, isn't it structure? Isn't structure the key to survival or in the sense? Yeah, I, I am. I'm amazed that it came out as well as it, as well as it did. And I am very proud of it, but I, I found this incredible cinematographer in Thailand. And I actually thought that I was working on a different project with him. And uh, the person that I was going to be filming it with, just things weren't clicking. Uh, I'm sorry, like the the, the the woman who I was going to um, kind of star in this thing that I was going to film, uh, we just kept trying and trying. It just wasn't working. And then it was nearing the end of my time in Thailand. And I was quite honestly very frustrated. And my wife was like, you've put so much work in, like building this team out there, setting everything up. If we leave here and nothing happens you're going to end up like burying your film ambitions for several more years. And we can't do that. So she's like, look, why don't we, why don't we see what we can do together? And I'm like, all right, let, <laughs> let's do it. So in, in a very short period of time, you know, a couple of weeks, like she did the primary costume design. We found it, we were working with somebody else as well. Um, we put together a kind of a, a, a loose vision of an idea of like what, uh, you know, costuming, finding locations. But then it was just more, we got into our tantric play with one another. 
You know, we just dropped into, this is one of the funny things in the audience feedback video is somebody said that the actor is really committed to the part. And I'm like, you mean this husband and wife who are actually really in love with one another just dropped into that space of loving connection and played with each other in the ways that we like to play? Yeah. Yes, we did. <laughs> so, so, you know, we just costumed up wearing in grand environments and we played, we played with each other. And then I had this incredible footage and we left to go to, to Bali and I'm looking at this footage and trying to figure out what do I do with this footage? We have no real plan with it but it's gorgeous footage so i'm like all right i think i need some form of a voiceover oh, i hate writing voiceovers <laughs> so it's in this whole process around it i'm like uh, uh and then something struck me you know that the muse struck and this what i only what i describe as tantric poetry just started pouring out of me and I'd never experienced anything like it before. I'd never written anything like it before. And I, but I was obsessed over the next several weeks, writing and rewriting and writing and rewriting. And then I was like, this is great. I'm thrilled with it. But uh, then I found these two musicians and we recorded together and put this whole thing together. And then I'm like, great. So now I'm sitting with my editor and we're going back and forth, trying to take this footage and, and connect it to what's really, oh, I filmed and then I made what's essentially the script. Mm -hmm. And it didn't work. It wasn't working. And I couldn't figure out what to do. And it sat for months. Every now and then I pick it up again and we try and we do another edit. And I'm like, ah, it's okay, but it's not. It feels like they're fighting each other rather than really synergizing. And then when the documentary filmmaker, Barbara Miller, when she contacted me um, and they were going to fly out from Europe to uh, film me for a week, that was just the inspiration that I needed. And I'm like, you know what? As much as I resisted it, the answer to this is shoot more. Mm -hmm. So now that you know, I can give the documentary team something else that they can film. They can film behind the scenes. Um, I put the fire into my butt to find my new cinematographer, and and I did with Thor. <laughs> and uh, we dreamed up. Okay, so we filmed this waterfall in the forest uh thing in thailand let's do do desert dunes to play contrast uh and i'm in southern california so it was like a three-hour drive from us now that now we actually have a script so let me sit down now we can figure out okay so what needs to be shot in order to make this work in order to tie things together created more of a a, a shot list at this point and then we filmed that and then the editing process was so much smoother so it's a very unusual process that we went through, but somehow, somehow it worked. Yeah, it, it, well, that's that's the creative process, right? But you're smart enough to know what, like, because you're you're working with conflicts. Like, it's like you got this great footage, which is amazing, but you don't know how to put it all together. So then you yeah. gotta figure out the that storytelling angle. That's what filmmaking is, and in, in a lot of ways, they do this in hundred million dollar films a lot. Sometimes they they shoot a scene doesn't work, and they got to figure out the angles. Got to figure out what how to kind of put it together in a visual sense. And that's what you accomplished. Thank you. And and next time I, uh, I, I intend to have more of a script first. Yeah, I would, <laughs> I, would, I would highly recommend that, right? So, but I'm assuming you're going to have more of a narrative film. I don't know. I'm, I, I don't know. I'm just, I, don't, I just assume that. You know, that's still to be determined. I have like five different projects I've been mapping out and, and, you know, this is the, the, you know, creatives. Lack of ideas is not the problem. It's 
<laughs> it's making a decision and committing fully to it. Right? I have these several different ideas I, I want to go and a couple of them are more narrative and a couple of them are, are, are less. It just depends on what's going to happen next. Um, I knew you know, that you didn't, I've watched your film a few times, but I knew you didn't, uh, didn't shoot this in continuity or the same day because your facial hair changes, right? So <laughs> <laughs> like you're, you're clean shaven, then you got a goatee, then you got a little bit of scrub. It's like, it's like, uh, but it's only after like a few viewings do you realize, do you see that, right? So <laughs> all planned out to show the, the, uh, the love through the ages. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah or maybe yeah 10 years from now but yeah so the so then you're saying the waterfall was shot in thailand yeah the like the quote-unquote bedroom scene where was that was shot in la or uh yeah that, well no it's, uh san diego area so yeah. there are there are two indoor scenes one of which we shot in thailand the day after the waterfall shot and the okay. other one we shot in our home um you know brought in a set designer erica doria um to create that kind of tantric love den space mm -hmm. um which we we've kept up uh <laughs> oh, really? Uh, okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's such a great space. I love having a tantric love done in, in our home. <laughs> and so, what was during that, those scenes? Because they're obviously it's your wife, so it's a little bit different than working with an actress. But still, you're being you're exposed. You're you're vulnerable. Very someone's much. shooting you. Someone's in the room with you. How was that? How did you work with your DP to kind of get that coverage? Like, did you what did you? have certain specific shots set up that you wanted or like, uh, how did you kind of, uh, uh, there were, again, by the second uh, shoot with the California shoot, there were things I knew that we needed. Like for example, the spoken parts, uh, you know, this is part of how we decided to, to make it work that in the poetry that I wrote, I had this sort of like reframe uh, that would happen like five times, I think, during it, where after a stanza, the final part was kind of like spoken, like it's set a little bit outside of the, the normal delivery, mm -hmm. uh, just to kind of make it hit more deeply. And so like, the, this is perfect. This is perfect to, uh, it's just enough uh, to have something in where uh, to tie the poetry in. Uh, without it being too much or overbearing. So we knew that we wanted those. Um, and then, you know, there were certain points like uh, uh, my gaze, I penetrate you with a very, uh, I penetrate you with the very life force of my being. We, we knew there that, that we wanted to capture some sort of visual that's tasteful and not explicit but it gives a very clear imagery of like i penetrate you <laughs> so we made, you know we, so we shot that uh uh several times um so the, you know there, there were key points that we knew by our second shoot okay we want to set this part up and then i also like to have space for okay now let's just get into our our space of like of playing with one another playing with one another centrally connecting dropping into certain types of tantric practices and, and let the camera catch it and then we can go through that and find like what really works with uh you know with the larger film so the there's a there's a tone and kind of like uh situation where it's like there's that line where you don't want it to be too cheesy i don't sure. know if you right like it, you, it needs to mm -hmm. be set in reality in that kind of like even that that line if it's said differently or said wrong it's like it becomes a little corny right sure. 
Yeah, and, and that was tricky, and that was definitely tricky, especially like like the, like the the spoken uh, the spoken words that we yeah. recorded. Oh my god! I mean, uh, uh, one or two of them, we really struggled to like find the right uh, cut that yeah. that worked without it really crossing that line. Um, and, and at least one of them, I felt like a really pushed that line <laughs> uh, so I, I i can't remember which one it was but if you watch closely you can see that uh the spoken delivery actually uh you only see me on screen in the last part of it that's yeah. because the full there wasn't a single take where the full part really comes through right so we really you know we really had to play with that quite a bit in the editing and then finally found that solution of having the spoken word words part starting while we're on another visual and then we brought it in to still connect me saying it at, at the tail end of the sentence yeah no it's a really nicely like you said you, you said your dp helped you with uh edit. it's a nicely put together film nice sound design as well thank you it's like yeah it's like you're that this seems to be your film school yeah, for, I, I definitely, I definitely approach this as I really want to see what I'm capable of. Yeah, whatever, whatever it takes, however long it takes, however much money I have to keep putting into this, which is one of the reasons why it took so long. <laughs> so funding is not the easiest thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I need, you know, I just really want to, to flex, like, what, what am I really capable of doing here? And so as exciting as it is to have this done, to have this out, to have it being received well, to me, like, what I'm really excited about is what's next. Because I, I this was warm up. Yeah. That's, that's what I basically, I, I, I can see that. I can see that this is like, and the film's doing well on, on, the, on the festival circuit. It's like, it's a no-brainer acceptance. It really isn't. It's like an experimental festival. We did the room. You did the romance with us, but it's kind of a no brainer acceptance. It's a, it's a nicely put together professional film, nicely performed <laughs> you and your wife. Like I said, nobody knows that you guys are husband and wife when you're watching the film, right? They see mm -hmm. two actors with two different names, last names. So who mm -hmm. would know? Right. So it's like, it's, it's a, like I said, it's a perfectly executed seven minute film. And I, you, when I'm watching this film, I'm going like, and I said, I say, oh, he's a first time filmmaker. I'm like, this guy, this guy's ready to, to make more films. He's, this is his teaser. This is his, like his intro, right? <laughs> I think I really, believe it or not, I really need to hear this. <laughs> As an artist, because, because this part of things is still new to me, I, I definitely struggle with like my self doubts and like, <laughs> I, I'm really glad it's doing well. Cause I, I need that internally <laughs> to keep going. Yeah. So, yeah. So, the, so I just want to plug your book. So you got your, your, you have the evolved masculine, be the man the world needs and the one she craves. I think it's a, it's a scary book for men. <laughs> I hope you know, I, I really, good, right? so I really like... try to approach it, um, you know, with all the things that I do, you'll notice there's a, it, there's a strong autobiographical element to the film as well as to the book sure. and utilizing my life experience as, I don't know, as the classroom, so to speak, so that rather than let me just sit up on high and like tell other people or other men what I think that you should be doing differently, it's more like here... I've lived a very unusual life 
that's also been very entertaining, <laughs> but that I'm also uh, pretty skilled at drawing out the more universal lessons, so to speak. Mm -hmm. um, so that, look, here, here, let me lay it out and let me lay something out in a way that you can... Um, you can see it through my life experience while seeing yourself and your own journey and what there is in it for you. Uh, you know, while not everyone is going to connect with every part of the book, we're addressing things like how we can become a, a, a greater sense of power and confidence in how we live our lives how we relate to our own masculinity and what it means to be a man in this modern age, how we connect to our sexuality and how we understand and relate with women and the feminine. These are things that touch every man's life. And no, no matter what, you, like if you read through the book, you're going to walk away with at least one major nugget that's going to have an effect on you, <laughs> if not many, but at least one. <laughs> that's yeah, I, it's on, it's available on obviously Amazon, but it's also it's an audio book as well. You put it out to an audio book. Yeah, that each of these were its own separate project. The audio book is sort of like making a film. Yeah, yeah so you did. You did. You're the voiceover. You did the. Voiceover. I, I did, yeah, I'm. Was, I'm a performer. I gotta. I gotta do that. How, how long did that? I'm just curious because I I listen to a lot of books, uh, audio books, yeah. something because I'm working. How, how long does that take to do? It was probably about six weeks because I'd go in. The um, one or two times a week, and you know, I couldn't really record for more than like an hour and a half at a time. Um, Just because of energy to, and uh, yeah, and you got to make sure that I got to make sure that my voice is crisp and uh, on fire, and that I just noticed that if once I was going much longer than that, I'd be more likely to start to stumble over words and. You know, just to make sure it was all as top quality as it could be. I was working with a fantastic sound engineer who actually did some of my sound for uh, Seductive Devotion as well. Oh, cool. Well, yeah, it's a great, it's a great idea. Well, like I said, we'll, we'll, we'll link to your website and, uh, and basically it sounds like a great book. I should actually read it and I probably will. So I'll let you know if I do. But Stay still. Let's talk when you make your next film, because uh, I'd lo mm -hmm. love to see what you do next. I know you said you have some ideas in your head, but I'd love to see what you do next. And uh, I think you're on your way. And I think that, you know, it, it's the next it's the next uh, creative element for yourself and from what you've already done. And uh, and uh, I think you're on your way to making some great films in the future. Thank you, Matthew. Thank you. Have a good day. You too. One, two, three, four, five, six.